brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Follett, and I'm an editor at HowStuffWorks.com. Sitting across from me, as he always does, is senior writer Jonathan Strickland. The Pink Lady's Pledge to act cool, to look cool, and to be cool. Till death do us part, think pink. Really, I expected that you were going to go with a completely different musical. <laughs> hey, you gave it away. <laughs> yeah, like that's a shock. Well, it's it's because it had the word cool in it, and we're going to be talking about cool. I, I guess then West Side Story would have been too easy. Yeah, that would have been a okay. totally different cool. Yes. Anyway, we are speaking of cool today. But we're talking about C-U-I-L, cool. Yes, the late but not quite lamented search engine. Yeah, um, no, I think it was mostly lamented while it was still around. Yeah, sadly. it was. Uh, if you're not familiar with cool, it's, it, it didn't live very long. Um, Google just celebrated its 10th anniversary not too long ago, but cool was only around for two just years. Over, just over two years. Yeah, but it was supposed to be, like many have been described, a Google killer. And unfortunately uh, for them, especially, it uh, it wasn't. Yeah, uh, it's it's an interesting story, uh, and we only have a few details about that story. A lot of it ends up still being behind closed doors. People aren't really, you know, eager to talk about failures so much. I mean, understandably so. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the concept behind Cool was actually fairly sound. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a it was a really interesting take on the search engine uh, uh, model. Right, and and. To really get an idea of why this was at all a big deal, mm-hmm. and and you may think, well, it can't be a big deal. I haven't heard about Cool for years. Um, the big deal was that when it was when it launched back in July of two thousand eight. Yes. The big news behind it was that it was being headed by a former Google employee. Yes, there were actually many people who were involved with Google who moved on to Cool. Right. Yeah. There were uh, there were three co-founders. Mm-hmm. And two of the co-founders formerly worked with Google. There was uh, Anna Patterson. Yes. And she was uh, someone who worked on the Terra Google indexing technology. Yes. And there was Russell Power, mm-hmm. who was part of Google's search indexing team, uh, and he was another one of the co-founders. And then the third co-founder was Tom Costello, who was uh, Anna Patterson's husband, um, who's a Stanford employee who who studied and worked on web search technologies, mm-hmm. though he was not not a Google employee. I do believe he was uh, also involved with uh, IBM's Web Fountain yes. project, uh, at least according to Danny Sullivan of Search Engine Land. Yep, and the other the other member of the team uh, when it launched, and mm-hmm. again, this was back in, in July of 2008, uh, were uh, Louis Monnier, mm-hmm. who was the, uh, the founder of AltaVista. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which, if in case you guys aren't aware, I mean, we have some young listeners, right? True. Mm-hmm. AltaVista was an enormous search engine pre-Google. Yeah, there were uh, a number of, of uh, I guess, giants, you could say. Uh, right now, Google is such a, a big force in search engine world that uh, it's kind of hard to think of it being different. But uh, we had AltaVista and Lycos, um, uh, of course, for a while, um, Hotbot. 
web crawler. Web, web crawler, uh, Yahoo, of course. Yep. Um, which was all done by hand at one point. Yeah, it was all it was all edited by people. Um, it was not automated. And that actually that actually sort of plays into Cool's uh, realm in a minute. But yeah, I mean, it was it was a lot different before Google came around uh, with the uh, its innovative technology based solution. Right. Yeah. Alta Vista was the dominant search engine mm-hmm, among mm-hmm. all the others we just listed before Google came around. It did not take Google too long to take that mantle away from Alta Vista. No, so uh, you might say that Munya had a, an axe to grind. Um, actually, he didn't stay with the company for very long, though, because mm-hmm. remember, in July it launched. Now, granted, there had been work on Cool for for a couple of years before it launched. Right. It's just that no one had really heard about it outside of the the immediate team of developers uh, until it went public. Mm-hmm. But the um, and by went public, I mean the website launched. And yeah, it was went not, live. It was not a public company. Went live. Right. So it was a private company. Um, well, Monier, he, he left the company in September of 2008. Mm-hmm. So it had only been live for a couple of months. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the uh, Crunchbase... Uh, reported that the reason for leaving was due to differences, air quotes, with the CEO. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the other members, the other executive members of Cool, included Vince Salido, who was originally the VP of Corporate Communications with Cool. Uh, he left actually in August of 2008. So the month after it went live, he left. Mm-hmm. Uh, he left to join PayPal. Then later on, he left PayPal to join Yelp. Yep. Uh, then you had... Uh, Peter Szymanski, who is a, a former attorney, he actually joined as the VP of Corporate Development and General Counsel, and Bruce Baumgart, who was formerly of the Internet Archive, uh, IBM, and Softix. He was the CEO of that for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, he became the head of operations. So all these guys had a history in tech companies to some extent before joining with Cool, and it was really a big risk in a way, but it was also just uh, it made a lot of news because suddenly you had these former Google employees and Google competitors all joining forces to create a search engine that they claimed out of the gate was superior to Google. Mm-hmm. And uh, this got a lot of attention. I mean, clearly in the tech industry and in journalism, all the journalists immediately went to cool.com to check it out and find out what what was the big deal? You know, was it really better than Google? And they found out on that first day that it had crashed. Yes. Multiple times. Well, it, 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 in defense of Cool in this particular instance, uh, it, there had been enough hype generated during its pre-launch phase that apparently it attracted quite a bit of traffic. Um, and that can be that can be hard for a new company uh, yeah. when it first goes live with something like that, simply because they're you know they may not be prepared to handle that kind of traffic. But as it turns out, that was sort of a, an ill omen. Yeah, actually, that was. Here's the thing. Okay. That here's how I see it. Uh, all right. So the launch date was July twenty eighth, two thousand eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, by July twenty ninth, there were already tons of reviews about cool. <laughs> Yep. But uh, but let, but the 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 reason why I bring up the crash is because you have a legitimate point. I mean, a very legitimate point in that new companies often cannot handle a mass of traffic all at once. They may have been able to QA with a fraction of that number, but you sure. can, it's hard to QA big rushes in traffic because you have to you know create all this you have to create the traffic to test it right, right. Mm-hmm. so you really don't know how your system's going to hold up until it's hit by that demand however 
one of the claims they that the founders made was that Cool indexed three times as many web pages as Google. Right. The claim was that Google had indexed around 40 billion, that's billion with a B, mm-hmm. uh, web pages, and that Cool had indexed 120 billion. Now, Google later on came out and said, hey, guys, come on. We've scanned over two trillion pages. We just index the ones that are important, mm-hmm. that are that actually have something of value on them. So, yeah, you can go ahead and say you've indexed 120 billion, but we've indexed the 40 billion pages that actually have stuff on them worth seeing. You've got a lot of garbage in there. That right. was essentially the message. Kind of, I, I delivered it in a much more... Uh, overt way than Google did. That was that was me being snarky. But. Yeah, um, I, I had read reviews that suggested that uh, that uh, some of the others had had uh, posed the question, according to whom? I'm paraphrasing here. You know, how do you know how many pages the competition is indexed? Um, and you know, it's hard to say. I mean, even even Cool hedged its own and said it had uh, run across 186 billion. Uh, pages, but you know, due to spam and duplicate content, some of those had been excluded from those it was actually carrying. Um, that was that was one of the things that was a differentiating factor. Uh, at least one of the things that Cool was using as a differentiating factor was the number of pages indexed. Another is the way it was was ranking content, and we've talked several times about it. And uh, Jonathan's written an excellent article about the Google algorithm on the website which I would encourage you to go look at because it's, it's really, really awesome. Yeah, it's but, called uh, Why is the Google Algorithm So Important? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And before we talk about how cool does it, it, it probably would behoove us to say, uh, talk a little bit about what Google does to uh, to rank web search results. I agree. I feel like it's um, you can't really compare uh, one service to the leader saying it's a Google killer without knowing how Google is doing that. So yes. let's talk about that for a moment. So Google judges relevance on uh, search results based upon how popular a particular web page is. So the more popular a web page is, the more relevant Google assumes that search result is to whatever query you use. Mm-hmm. So let's let's take an example. Let's say sure. that there's let's uh, let's pick um, Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. Okay. So you've done a web search on Dungeons and Dragons, mm-hmm. and what Google will do is it'll look at its index of websites and look for the pages that have that are the most popular. And the way Google measures popularity is by Chiefly, the number of links other pages have to that web page. Right. And in addition to that, it, it uh, looks at the quality of the content, whether these the pages linking to it are considered reputable sources as well. Right. So if, if you have a lot of high-ranking pages linking to you, you in turn will be very high-ranking. Mm-hmm. Now, that's one of the interesting things about Google is that the algorithm takes a lot of different things into account. It takes the quality of the pages that are linking to you into account. So let's say that you write a blog post and CNN links to your blog post. That's going to boost your popularity quite a bit. And or But let's say you've written another blog post and a hundred smaller blogs have linked to you. That might not boost you as much as that one CNN link did for the other blog post. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's a lot of different fiddling around with the algorithm and no one has it, besides Google that is, no one has it perfectly figured out, mostly because Google changes it up pretty frequently to make sure that you get 
at what they consider the most relevant uh, uh, results to your query. Mm-hmm. Now, Cool did it a totally different way. They said that this is the wrong way. You're basing it on popularity. Popularity and uh, and being correct are two different things. Yes. That just because something is popular doesn't mean it's right. I think the res- the uh, example I read was something along the lines of, and, it, and this was a journalist who was writing this, who said, uh, well, I mean, it is true that the most popular restaurants are not necessarily the best restaurants. Yes. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, you don't want necessarily what's popular. You want what's most relevant. So cool, the claim was that Cool's search engine results were contextually based. Mm-hmm. They could. They were looking for relevance based on context. So you would put in your Dungeons and Dragons query. It wouldn't look for the pages that had the most links to them. It would look for the pages that seemed to be about Dungeons and Dragons the most. Mm-hmm. Like that was the primary uh, uh, focus of that web page, and those. Were, that's how it would deliver your results. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe the uh, article you mentioned with the uh, the restaurant uh, was uh, Anita Hamilton's review in Time Magazine. Yes, in July two thousand eight, I ran an, across that as well. That's a good good review. Yeah, it, it starts off with "Rest easy, Google." Yeah, yeah, that pretty much. T- but I'll go ahead and say this too, because sure, um, really. Cool got lambasted yeah. by by journalists. I mean, yeah, even, really did. even journalists who are not typically critics. Yeah, I I, I feel a sense of of sympathy toward the executives at Cool because I felt like they really got judged harshly right out of the gate, and then they had no chance to recover. Um, and Part of that might be releasing a little too early, releasing something that is, you know, one way or another half-baked. Mm-hmm. But in some cases, I really felt like it almost became a one-upsmanship game among journalists to see who could write the most snarky, uh, critical account of Cool and what it could do. A lot of that also comes from the fact that, you know, there was a lot of boasting on Cool's part. Mm-hmm. So in a way, it was kind of a comeuppance thing. You know, they're saying, oh, sure. well, they, they claim all these things, but this is what the actual results are. Mm-hmm. As, both parties are to blame, but I just wanted to point that out. I think I even wrote a blog post. I didn't even look this up, but I'm pretty sure I wrote a blog post on Cool when it came out. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember if I was snarky or not. Knowing me, probably a little. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I don't think I was quite as uh, as harsh as some of the journalists were. Yeah, one of the things that uh, they also got hammered on uh, was the fact that they had the, the cool executives had said, "Well, you know, we're, we're ranking things differently than Google does. We're not necessarily using popularity as one of our criteria." But as Danny, Danny Sullivan said, "Well, it's not all about the content. They're, they are factoring in popularity." Um, he actually, in, in his article, which is quite lengthy and in, in depth, um, went into uh, how he be put in a search for Harry Potter mm-hmm. and uh, used the name of his house. If you're not familiar with uh, Harry Potter, it's a um, it's set in a school in which there are four different houses. Wait, and they Harry put Harry Potter. Yes, I know. Well, there are some people who haven't read it or seen the movies or seen the movies. And uh, he put in the name of Harry Potter and the house he was in in his school, and it brought up the name of the most recent movie. That house, by the way, was Gryffindor. Yes. And so he said, uh, you know, the first thing that came up on Cool 
was the latest movie. And he said, this shows that they are using, that popularity is factoring into the cool search algorithm, despite the fact that they have claimed that it doesn't. They also said that cool was faster, although whether they meant that cool was faster at indexing new pages than Google was, or that cool was actually faster at generating search engine results after a query, that kind of... That was one of those things that was always confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, I would imagine they meant indexing because really, at this point, the the weight that you you have to see search engine results is minuscule. Right. It's you know you usually you can't even count to to one, much less two, before you get them unless you've got a, a really slow connection. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would imagine they meant that they were faster at indexing new pages. Now, of course, Google has really ramped up on that itself yes. recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, Caffeine. They, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Google's Google has entire departments developed uh, just to increase the speed of indexing new content mm-hmm. so that it shows up in Google search results. The, the cool thing I thought, <laughs> the interesting thing I thought about Cool's results pages were that they, it would divide up your search into categories. Mm-hmm. You had tabs across the top of your search results. So right. first you, you had three columns of results yes. to and, start with. And that sort of confused some people. Yeah, because they were used, weird. I'm sorry. I'm no, no, no. Um, no, because people were expecting traditional search results uh, pages, which are still pretty much the same. You have, you know, the top results at the top of the page, and you scroll down, and there are other things. There may be, um, you know, Google and Bing and a lot of the others have incorporated news and uh, blogs and things like that, but they're usually grouped somewhere in the middle. Um, but but cool search engine results pages or SERPs um, would bring up three columns of, in, of information, and if you are in a hurry and looking for the number one link. You're going okay, so I guess it's the top left. Is it the one in the middle? You know, which one is it? Which yeah. is the top one? And and you couldn't break out search results by things like news and blogs and no. stuff on Cool. But what you could do is it would have tabs at the top of your mm-hmm. page uh, that would have categories that your search query would fall into. Let's say again, let's say you did Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. Your your categories might be something like Dungeons and Dragons game, Dungeons and Dragons movie, Dungeons and Dragons gear, that kind of stuff. Sure. And then by clicking on the tab, you would bring up a new set of search results that are specifically toward that category, and you would get new tabs that would go into subcategories. Yeah. So you could start digging deeper and deeper into your subject, getting more and more precise, but it meant that you had to click to get to those deeper, more precise results. Right. I think that may, over everything else, may have been Cool's downfall because it required the user to put in more effort to find specific results pertaining to his or her query. And I can tell you from a user experience perspective, that is a killer. Yeah. Now, with Google, the same thing sort of holds true. You may not see what you were looking for when you put in your first search result and then you go back in and you're like, well, maybe I'll add in another term to kind of narrow it down a little more. Mm -hmm. So you're essentially doing the same thing with Google. It's just doing it in a different way. You don't have to navigate through tabs and click through. You're actually having to type a new thing. You could even argue that it's actually more work intensive to do Mm -hmm. it the way Google does. But I think it's more natural to the average user than navigating through tabs and trying to to narrow your search down that way. And, And part of the problem problem was that 
people didn't take the time to learn Cool's method of, uh, of of organizing information to really use it to its its most uh, to its full potential. Mm-hmm. Another part of that problem is that. For several really well-known terms, Cool just didn't seem to bring back good results, period. Yeah. Now, maybe yeah. if you had dug down, you would start to find them. But on that first initial page of results where you don't expect to have to dig any further, you should be able to see it right there. People were reporting that they were searching for terms, often names, but not always just names, and not getting relevant search results at all. Yeah. I've heard the same complaint levied against Wolfram Alpha because people think it's a search engine uh, when it's really not designed to do that, it, but it bears such a resemblance to a search engine that people plug in search terms and expect to get results and they don't get it. Clearly, they didn't listen to our podcast episode, Wolfram Alpha Alpha is not a search engine. Yes, um, and I still highly recommend that, that site, but it's not something that you plug Harry Potter in and get results. Um, well, I think there probably is some kind of result, but you're not. It, it's more of a scientific site. I won't be satisfied until Wolfram Alpha can write a new Harry Potter novel just by typing in Wolf. (laughs) You type in Harry Potter 8 and it generates a novel for you. Um, Well, as it turns out, uh, J.K. Rowling may be doing that on her own. However... Cool was supposed yes. to be a search engine, <laughs> and it you know there's really there really was no good answer from Cool uh, for them to say well we can't explain why this isn't in there, um, but there was one area at which Cool really excelled, and everybody seems to agree that uh, it was a really positive step. I'm that, assuming it's privacy. Yes, privacy. They they uh, they were very good about not logging. Um, identifiable information yeah. about uh, about the people who use the site. No IP information. That's internet protocol. Right. Um, no cookies. Uh, those kinds of things were not uh, were not part of it. And and that was one area that uh, just about everybody who reviewed it. All the the research I did. Everybody spoke at least a little bit about the privacy issue and how they felt that Cool was doing that part of it absolutely right. It almost became a backhanded thing, though. It'd be like oh, I know. you know. Uh, I don't get any decent search results, but at least they're not tracking me. Yeah. Um, in a yeah. way, I think that may have actually hurt Cool as well. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I say that is Google's not tracking you in order to violate your privacy. Google's not really – Google at least really – that's what they say. <laughs> Google has no specific interest in you or what you do apart from the fact that you are potentially – going to be valuable to some advertiser, right? Probably. Google, Google will... Yeah. I don't know what they're thinking. I'm thinking, well, all right, this is... This is <laughs> you some, tell me to use critical thinking, Jonathan. This is, my armchair, this is my armchair analytical <laughs> mode here. So okay. Google tracks information in part so that it can sell advertising space to advertisers. That is true. That, that much we I know. agree with that. So... That means that that information has an actual value. And mm-hmm. you've heard us talk about this about Facebook and other sure. companies as well. So Google wants to have this information. And it, again, not necessarily tying it specifically to you, but to a user that you happen to be. Mm-hmm. It sounds kind of weird, but in a way, they're, they're, not, they're not concerned about the individual. They're just, they know that someone is interested in blah, 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 so they can sell that information to an advertiser. Uh, that blah, blah, blah happens to be your interest. It's neither here nor there. How did you know I was interested in blah, blah, blah? uh, It's written all over your face. So anyway, the 
idea here is that uh, Google could sell this information to advertisers. Well, Cool did not collect this information. No. Which meant it was more. It would be more difficult for Cool to create a revenue model based on advertising. Now, mm-hmm. that's not to say that Cool wouldn't base wouldn't create a revenue model based on some other method, but at least the traditional search engine method is to to make money through ads. Mm-hmm. So. It would have been harder to do that without having the, the data to fall back on and say, hey, look, this is what our user base is like. This is the kind of stuff they're interested in. This is the sort of demographics they fall in. Mm-hmm. Without that information, you can't really go to advertising companies and, and get the same amount of money that, say, Google could. Right. Mm-hmm. So that brings us kind of to, to Cool's revenue, mm-hmm. which was essentially – Investments, private investments. Right. They right. they raised around thirty three million before it launched in two thousand eight, and I mm-hmm. could find no record of subsequent rounds of funding. Right. They did try another project though called Cpedia. Yeah. In a way, Cpedia was almost a relaunch. Uh, yeah. It was. Some it, people saw it that way. It it I mean, it actually hit, said that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in fact, the final tweet. From Cool's Twitter account, mm-hmm. and I apologize to everyone out there who hates using "tweet" as a noun. Mm-hmm. Um, but the uh, for Twitter anyway. For for the final one said uh, it was um, on April eighth, two thousand ten, mm-hmm. announcing the launch of Cpedia, the automated encyclopedia. And then had a link to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you went to cool dot com. After on April eighth or afterward, up, up until it was shut down, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, you went to Cpedia, right? And it was a it was a really innovative, bizarre product. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about what Cpedia did a little bit? Um, well, I, I honestly had never used it myself, and yeah. I had been unaware. I had forgotten of its about existence. Cool by the time it <laughs> debuted. Yeah, to tell you the truth, it was a uh, it was supposed to be. I think it was sort of a modification of its search engine. Uh, product yeah. in the first place. Um, you know, <laughs> it was supposed to basically carve up content and reassemble it in one place. Yeah, the quote I read specifically said it will find everything on the web about your topic, remove all the duplication, and put the information on one page. Yes. So the idea here is that it was going to create in real time mm-hmm. a uh, an encyclopedia entry about whatever the subject was in your query. Right. So if you were to write in uh, uh, Pearl Harbor bombing, mm-hmm. it would assemble an encyclopedia page about the Pearl, the bombing of Pearl Harbor, um, based upon the information that was out there on the web already. Right. It would it would pull that together in some way and put it together in in what presumably was an understandable uh, uh, narrative. Mm-hmm. And some people said even then that it was still tricky. Like you could put in certain terms and the stuff you got was misleading. Sometimes it was outright wrong, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which uh, Costello, again, one of the, the co-founders, defended, saying yes. that you know it takes time to get this right. And uh, those errors were intentional <laughs> because intentional in the sense that Cpedia was grabbing information from the very from all across the web, including the the dredges. Yeah. So, yeah, the, it was an interesting idea that you could you could use the search engine as a way of generating a full page of information about whatever the topic was. And so, instead of going to links to read about this stuff, mm-hmm. you would have 
all the information presented to you right then and there. Uh, now, granted, that means that that information is difficult to verify. Mm-hmm because you don't necessarily follow it back to the source. Mm-hmm. And it could be that one paragraph contradicts the next one. That's true. Um, the article I read in it on uh, GigaOM about it uh, quoted one user as sentence after sentence of automated nonsense, was the quote. Like and, most uh, of my articles. Yeah. <laughs> Except the one on the, the Google algorithm. No, that one was, was good. Really good. I, didn't, I didn't use cool for that one. Yeah, but as it turns out, um, it just really wasn't enough. And uh, for a couple days before the rumors, uh, before the the site went dark, and it really went dark. There is no if you go to cool dot com now, there is nothing there to say thank you very much. We're sorry we had to shut down. There was nothing. It went dark uh, in, a, in a big, serious way in September of this year. Yes, yeah, September seventeenth uh, was was the last day for cool. Yeah, but it uh, was a Friday. <laughs> well, there were rumors a few days before that they may be seek- seeking acquisition by somebody else, and that they may shut down if they couldn't get acquisition. And apparently, that's what happened. Yeah, Arrington, Michael Arrington of, of TechCrunch, had reported on that, saying that there were some stories about potential mm-hmm. companies looking to acquire Cool, and I mean they were all like the the regular, the usual suspects, right? Like sure. Google, Microsoft. I think even Apple at one point was. Wow a potential one being mentioned, although that would have shocked me as well. I think that was just thrown in there because it was another big name, you know? Well, the Apple-Disney rumors have been swirling for years, too. Well, you've got a guy who's sitting on the board of... Well, never mind. Even Uh, before that. (laughs) So, at any rate, so you've got the... uh, Yeah, the, the... Apparently, the story was that on September 17th, 2010, which was a Friday, mm-hmm. the cool employees, C-U-I-L, mm-hmm. which, you know what? We never said what that meant, did we? No, we didn't. It's Gaelic. Yes, it is. For wisdom or knowledge. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the employees came in, and then they were told, go home. Mm-hmm. You, you know, that we're shutting down. And so everyone had to clear out their desks and leave. And uh, there was actually, there's still some conjecture over whether or not they got paid for the last few weeks of work. Mm -hmm. Uh, The news reports I read, the most recent ones, seem to suggest they did not get paid. Mm -hmm. Uh, That the money, uh, it looks like the money just ran out, which doesn't surprise me because as far as I know, there was no revenue model. And again, after the initial $33 in, in capital, I don't see any other investments, or at least none that are major investments. Right. you got to remember, these are expensive companies. They're running lots and lots of servers, which eat up a lot of power and plus rental space for the physical space the servers sit in. So, you, you know, those costs do start to skyrocket, mm-hmm. uh, especially as you ramp up. Anyway, so that same day, they shut down the servers. And it wasn't until September 20th, which was the Monday, that people started to really write about that. Probably because, again, it happened on a Friday. You right. got Saturday and Sunday. It's the best time for you to shut stuff down because you're going to buy yourself a couple of days grace period mm-hmm. before all the snark starts up again. And that's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. Everyone seemed to jump on the cool is dead bandwagon. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, they had to endure a lot of snark when they debuted. And even more when they went dark. Yeah, I don't think uh, critics ever really let up for the two years that Cool was out there. It never really caught on. Yeah. Um, they, they certainly never changed their opinion. But I think also most of them just they took the opportunity to criticize it. Uh, and then forgot about it. I know mm-hmm. I did. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I'm no saint. You know, I, when I first used Cool, I thought, 
well, this is an interesting idea, but it just doesn't seem to be working for me, so I'm going to go back to Google. And then yeah. I never, I never looked back. Yeah. I never bothered to go back to Cool and see if they had improved their search results in any way so that it made it more navigable or more relevant, or that if the tabs thing really worked much better. I mean, it may have, mm-hmm. but I just kind of forgot about it. Yeah. You know, it just, it wasn't, it wasn't compelling enough when it debuted for me to stick with it. And as a result, when it went away, I was not surprised. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe they're starting again from scratch. We'll find out, I'm sure, eventually. And there's still some rumors that perhaps it'll come back in some kind of form that either a company will eventually pay for the patents and the, the IP that Cool had. Mm-hmm. Uh, the intellectual and, property. Yeah, exactly. Intellectual property, thanks. Um, yeah, there's still some conjecture that we may see it return mm-hmm. in some form. It may not be called Cool anymore. In fact, I, I would be surprised if it were called Cool. I agree. Because I think that that name has a, a stigma attached to it at this point. But um, we'll have to wait and see. I'm yeah. sure someone somewhere will buy that technology just to, if nothing else, just to keep it. Like, if I were Google, I'd be like, maybe we should buy that just to make sure no one else gets hold of it. <laughs> <laughs> we might not do anything with it, but this way no one else will either. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be shocked to see that. Yeah. Not that I know anything, <laughs> which I think has become clear in the duration of this podcast. All right, then. So, uh, do you have anything else to add before we... All right, let's close up shop. If any of you guys have any questions or comments, if you have any other topics you'd like us to tackle, or you've got stories of your own about cool that you would like to share, you can share those with us on Facebook or Twitter. Our handle at both of those is techstuffhsw, or you can shoot us an email if you like. That address is techstuff at howstuffworks.com, and Chris and I will talk to you again really soon. If you're a Tech Stuff fan, be sure to check us out on Twitter. Tech Stuff HSW is our handle, and you can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash techstuffhsw. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. And be sure to check out the new Tech Stuff blog, now on the HowStuffWorks homepage. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?